do you remember what you did Canadian Thanksgiving Monday of 2016? I do. I had this vision stirring in my heart, a plan. I had worked on a project that very few people knew about for almost eight months. And it was coming time for that to go public. I had decided that this project was going to release in October. But then on Thanksgiving Monday, I decided to start a week early. And that was the first episode of the Unspoken Conversation. Now, three and a half years later, we have reached episode 100. And so I say this with great joy and great celebration. From wherever you are listening around the world, whatever climate you are in, whatever device you are listening on, you have reached the right place to expand the conversation of mental health, faith, community, and the arts. For the 100th time, I say welcome to the Unspoken Conversation. I'm Jordan Berta. And I'm Joel Puttycomb. So Joel, we're celebrating 100 episodes. And so I just want to share a couple stats with everybody. No, number one is, yes, we this is episode 100. But we've actually done more than that because we have the different series that we did. Moments with Dr. Mary, Life with Coach Drew, the Community Leader Series, Unplugged with Jordan Berta, Hot Topics, as well as our blog. So if you add everything together, we've released 171 unique pieces of content from our team in the last couple of years. I think that is absolutely incredible. And in one way or another, whether a guest or a team member, we have featured the stories of 70 different people. That's astounding to me. That's amazing. That there were that many people that had an interest in being involved in this conversation. And what makes it even more incredible is I think for the first number of months, everybody I asked said yes. That changed at some point where, you know, it was harder to get certain people. And I remember one time... In the early days, I was trying to get someone on the podcast, but number one, the podcast didn't hadn't released yet, so they had nothing to, to look at yet, and number two, they were like 90 and didn't know what a podcast was, <laughs> so I don't think I ever heard back from that person and got a, a date to book for that show, but... Still waiting on the carrier pigeon. Right, <laughs> right, and so we've had a lot of fun. I, I really do hope that the content that we've released over time has been helpful. And we are also at a point where we've had over 10,000 people engaged with us over the course of this journey. In fact, just this past weekend on Facebook, I was so excited to announce that in time for our 100th episode, that we 
also hit the milestone of 10,000 downloads of the podcast, plus the hundreds that read the blog, plus about a thousand people that have engaged with the songs that we've released, and a couple hundred people at events that we did over the past couple of years. So this has really been a great journey so far, and I just want to start off by saying thank you to the 70 people that were featured on the program, but also to the people that have listened faithfully, whether you've listened from episode one until today, or if you're catching us and this is actually your first time and you're like, what is this podcast all about? Well, today is actually kind of a perfect time for you to jump in on this because what I thought we would do for episode 100 is look back. Now, not just to look back for the sake of reminiscing, but I feel like over time there's actually been some things that we've learned more about and we've sharpened more about since that episode was originally released. And so we're going to talk about some of those ideas as well. And we're going to hear from a couple different members of our team. But to start off, I thought we would start with Joel. And I guess, so what are a couple of those episodes, a couple of those moments that is maybe still sparking something in your mind today? Uh, Yeah, one that came to mind right away was episode 63. We did a little piece on art and the power of the visual arts. We did that with uh, Riley Morey, a local artist and instructor uh, in the Niagara region. And uh, it was just a phenomenal time to, as an artist, actually get to speak about that with somebody else, especially getting to record it and then having Jordan there as well to help to like moderate a little bit and help to um, really dive into the importance of art in the church world and in the world of, of mental illness, mental health, and uh, just talking about how helpful art can be into the healing process, where colors and images spark such um, a, a heart piece in people, and you can pull out the the stuff you have hard, a hard time putting words to. I find that just amazing. So it was really nice to have that conversation and really dive into that. Then later on, we also talked about some helpful tips on opening up, and we just kind of started the, started the conversation about vulnerability. Um, and in that too, because I've, um, being an artist is a super vulnerable thing, kind of no matter what art form you take. Um, it's a really difficult thing to kind of open up to somebody in that capacity. So it was, it was good to just get that started and, and um, talking about being vulnerable with other people and how to do that safely. Yeah, that was a fascinating one. Um, Riley's my sister. And growing up with her, having kind of seeing the way she processed things and was definitely very different from me. Like I've discovered I am more of a brain processor. So I like to think about a lot of things. Whereas Riley is a lot more of a feeler. And you can see some of that feeling come out of different pieces that she's done. And it just comes out wonderfully. It expresses her personality so well. I remember I would see a painting or a piece of art and be like, only Riley could come up with something like that because it is just so unique. And I still have some pieces at home that she did for me. And it's just... Super cool to see kind of how that expression comes out. Now, a bit of a risk with that is 
many visual artists I know aren't very confident and don't really enjoy public speaking. So I remember really having to talk her into it because she, she could talk for hours on these things. But as soon as you put a mic in front of her, it becomes a little bit more challenging. And, but she like, I remember that conversation between the three of us being a very rich experience. And it's almost like you forgot the mics were there. Mm-hmm. And it really, I think turned into something quite beautiful. And the other thing I want to reflect on is the part of the, our slogan and the arts was actually the last one that got added because originally mental health and faith, mental health in the church, all of that, like those kinds of things. Then I realized, all right, I thought about like, what is the church? And it's actually two components. There's the faith component. The, how does God have a role in this? And number two, community, how do other people? How are they a part of this conversation? And over time, as I was developing what the framework for what would become the unspoken conversation, I realized, and enough guests that I had interviewed ahead of time were making some of these arts connections. I thought, no, this actually needs to be mentioned because it's so powerful. And for me, that art form is primarily music. And so we've listened to some music on the show. I've produced a couple songs. Then bringing Joel on the team helped open my eyes to some of the visual pieces to what that healing through art can look like. And early on, we had Harrison Wheeler who is a cartoonist talk about how that is, is a soothing experience for him. And so it was kind of a really cool thing as that slogan kind of developed over time. And so yeah, mental health, faith, community, and the arts. And I am really glad that all four of those components are actually a part of, of what we've done. Mm -hmm. And so what else is on your mind, Joel? Uh, another episode I really um, enjoyed working on was um, episode 89, where we talked about uh, loneliness, especially like the dangers of loneliness and the importance of friendship. And then we looked at an article from Psychology Today, 10 surprising facts about loneliness. And I think it was it's such a um, an important thing to, to look at, especially nowadays, where even though we're more connected than we ever have been in history, um, we are also, I feel like, way more lonely. And that just comes from, um, since we're able to reach out to people so easily, like I can talk to my parents who live a few hours away, just a you know click of a button. But uh, since I don't get to necessarily actually spend time with them as often, it can, you can really get a, um, a quick sense of loneliness and, and that can be really destroying to your mental health. I remember times when I was uh, living in London and going to school there where it was just me and we were very isolated and... Um, it was, it was hard to, um, even get out of bed some days. You just felt so lonely and so hard to, um, sometimes just make friends in, in a new, new place. And, um, without getting to see people that you love and care about so often, it, it really hamper your, your emotional state very quickly. And, uh, so that, like, that's something I've definitely gone through a lot and I know other people have as well. And I think it, it was a, a really important conversation to have 
just to help people out who've, who're struggling with the same thing. And I feel like it's almost everyone at this point. Yeah. And it's funny because there's, we both have a cell phone on the table here. I have my iPad, multiple email accounts, Facebook, Instagram, all these different things. We have the ability to be connected 24 seven, but there is still nothing like a face-to-face conversation, Mm -hmm. but there's also nothing like a present conversation. Some of the best conversations I've had in my life have actually been over the phone where it's been like a four hour phone call. So it's not necessarily about the person being in the room, but it's about the presence Mm -hmm. of the person. I could be sitting beside someone and we're not actually with each other. And I think the power of presence is a very important thing that I've learned over time. And I don't know if you're familiar with Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. And if you haven't been familiarized to that, check that out. Um, and there's yeah five different love languages, different ways that you tend to receive love the most from other people. And... One of them is quality time. Mm-hmm. And I think that would actually be the primary one for me is that I don't, as an introvert, I don't crave being around people, but I do crave the quality of the people I'm around. Yes. Or, yeah. I, I'm, I'm in a very similar position as well, where I think that's that'd probably up on my list as well. And yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, same. I, I'm being an introvert. I don't like being around people very often. I like being around my people, my very select group of close friends and family. And that, that's very life-giving to me, but much beyond that, you know, isn't a whole, all that necessary to me. But if I am going to go with a group of people, I want that connection. I want that, like, very personal time where we got to just spend that time together and talk and dive into real important issues instead of just on our phones the entire time while we're together. Yeah, and I couldn't have said it better myself. Joel and I have had some great quality time over the years. Even our recording sessions are always longer. Well, I guess partially because of bloopers, but <laughs> but also just because we, you know, do life with each other. And over time, there, you know, you you get to that point where it's like, hey, how's that situation going? You know, the last time we talked, you were trying to figure this out. How's that? How's that thing going for you? And and. I feel lonely if I've talked to 10 people in one day, but I don't feel like any of them knew me. Mm-hmm. I could be in a day of meetings and still feel alone. Or I could be by myself at home and have one good phone call and feel like out of nowhere, Elmo popped out of a closet and came to hug me. Like there's something about like, it's the quality mm-hmm. of the conversation, not the quantity of them. For sure. And uh, so I think that's a really important, important thing. Yeah. And my other one um, was episode 97, going through mental illness in churches and how the churches can actually help um, deal with mental illness. And as someone who's now worked at a church a little over two years and been a part of churches and worked for church organizations uh, for a number of years now, uh, it's so prevalent in in churches today. And one of the... uh, huge factors of churches right now is is suicide a lot of pastors are struggling with mental illness and taking on so much responsibility and not having proper outlets to express it or to talk about it 
and um, it just weighs too heavily on them and and unfortunately it, it can take a turn and um, yes yeah, so I think it was a great conversation to have and some really great talking points about it that uh, really helped me um, I, I've struggled a great deal with mental with my, my mental health um, while working at church and uh, you just tend to take on responsibilities that uh, can outweigh um, some of the joy that ministry can bring yeah. and uh, that can really quickly put a hamper on, on your mental state and um, can really just struggle through it. But it's, it's great to know that there's other people out there who also feel the same and they were able to, um, we we're able to get some, some tips on how to, to actually get through that. For sure. And I've worked both in like a programming capacity admin capacity at churches. I've also worked as a pastor and you can't escape the spiritual dynamic of a church. Mm -hmm. Even if you're in an in men role, eventually you're going to have some of that spiritual engagement, both the positive and the negative. And that can very much take a toll. For example, so Joel currently is working in, in a role around events at his church. And I was just thinking about this as, as we're talking that how one of the things that you do is actually helping facilitate and schedule funerals mm -hmm. and having been a part of some of that as well, even though you're not the one up on the platform giving the funeral sermon, there's a part of your heart that's just sad. Mm -hmm. Even if you never met the person. Yeah. I've, there is yet to be a funeral that I've had to um, be a part of in some capacity, whether doing sound or just even planning that I have not shed a tear. Um, it's a very somber time and as, as well as a happy time to celebrate somebody's life. But there was um, a three week span where we had three funerals, which is a lot of extra work um, on my part. But at the same time, it was, it was so nice to be able to, do that a little above and beyond to help people and and um, but it does it's quickly takes its toll and having to attend those and be a part of them and help plan them and at times almost counsel through those things it's it's difficult and it can it really starts to take its toll on you and uh yeah, sometimes you just need to take a step back and breathe and there's a number of times i just went to one of my coworkers' offices and just sat there we're just like can we just talk i need i need a moment to like free gather myself because i i can't right now and uh, yeah, so it's really good at having having a space for that, uh, able to um, talk through that with a coworker, with a friend, with a, um, somebody I trust, and just able to have those conversations and being very open with the fact that like, hey, my mental health is is taking a toll right now because of this, and can we just maybe work through this a little bit together? Yeah, and that's the beautiful work of a church is that it can be done together. Mm. And I'm not saying that other workplaces are not like that in in different ways. There is something about being with your spiritual family mm -hmm. on the worst day of someone's life that is a powerful experience. And yeah, that I've, I've definitely seen that and felt that as well. And so thank you, Joel, for sharing three of your highlight episodes. Now, one of the voices that was with me from the very beginning... In fact, the first two episodes that were recorded were with one of my best friends in the world, Sathya Sam. So, Sathya, what are your thoughts? 
Hey Jordan and the Unspoken community, it's Thea here. I hope you guys are doing well and I just want to send my congratulations to you Jordan personally and of course to the entire team on the 100th episode. I can't even believe it uh, when I think back to uh, the conversations that happened uh, before it was even birthed into existence uh, about whether or not this was viable, whether or not this would work and uh, figuring out all the ins and outs it is really surreal to think that you guys have hit 100 episodes and I'm so honored that I got to even just be a part of it for a season. So my heartfelt congrats. You know, one of my favorite moments uh, with the Unspoken Conversation was when I got to interview a man named Michael Minema. And uh, as many of you will know, what really prompted my interest in mental health in the first place and the reason I was a part of the Unspoken Conversation is because I have uh, several personal journeys uh, with close friends who unfortunately lost their life to suicide, uh, by suicide rather. And um, and one of them was a, a dear classmate of mine in high school. His name was Chucky. And um, Michael Minema was one of the teachers at the time when Chucky uh, passed away. And getting to interview him was a surreal experience. It was one of those full circles. I'm, I, I got to hear the, the exact same story that I have uh, replayed over and over again in my own mind from a completely different perspective. And it brought me personally a, a new degree of closure because uh, I think in, in many ways when you experience that kind of tragedy, closure comes in new degrees uh, over time. It, it's really an ongoing journey. But it was really uh, fascinating to just experience um, a different angle of a really pivotal story in my own life and my own personal journey with mental health. So uh, that's, a, that's a favorite memory. Thanks again to you guys and congratulations on the 100th episode of The Unspoken Conversation. Thank you, Cynthia, for your kind words and also just being a support over the last couple of years going through this journey. And while we were preparing this, I sent a message to one of our faithful listeners and asked if they would write in some of their thoughts. And this is a person that I was never able to convince to come on the show and let their voice be heard, but they contributed a lot to the conversation through some written pieces and through just conversation helping me see from a different perspective. And so this is what that person has to say. As a listener to the Unspoken Conversation podcast, there have been a lot of moments that have helped me in my journey. Though I may not always agree with everything that Jordan, his guests, and the on-air team talked about, in brackets, this is perfectly okay, I have gained more perspective and new insight. A particular thing that stood out to me is the music that has been featured on the podcast. Whether it's Infinitely More, Sathya, Greg Sykes, or others that have been featured. Music has always been something that has helped me and spoken to me, so having it be used to support and understand mental health is so beneficial. Another moment that stands out to me from the podcast is the stories of how grief can affect our mental health. The episode where Sathya details his childhood loss of a friend to suicide, as well as in episode... 35 that Sathya mentioned where Mike Minema talks about losing two of his students and that how that changed his life as well. I am thankful to have the resource and community to learn and speak about such important and transform, transformational topics. Well, thank you for 
for sharing that. And I remember being in the room when Sathya and Mike got together to record episode 35. We had heard Sathya's perspective in episode three on losing his friend, but then for him to go back and interview his vice principal from that era, I think was a really special conversation to have. So, and one of the other things too about that is agreement. It's okay to disagree. And I can say this as the executive producer of this program for over four years, I don't agree with everything that was released. I didn't edit out something just because I disagreed with it. Because that's the whole point, is that these conversations sometimes, we might disagree on a point, but what we were united on were our values. What we were united on was the goal of having these transformational conversations. And so when I sit down and talk to this person, really sheds a lot of light for me on that. And so thank you to you and to everybody else that I've been able to talk to that might even have a different perspective on a certain issue and how that's perfectly fine as we're going through this journey together. Now, one of my other favorite people in the world was a newer addition to our team, and that is Dr. Andrew Blackwood, also known as Coach Drew. So what do you have to say, Coach Drew? Jordan, it has been such a pleasure, such an honor to have contributed to the unspoken conversation. And as I reflect on one of the conversations that we've had about balanced conversations, I wonder how many times I'm going to say conversations in this uh, conversation. Um, It made me laugh, especially when you talked about realizing that not everybody's a walking, talking therapist. That is hilarious. It still was hilarious. It still is hilarious to me. And, you know, it just speaks to the fact that it's so important for us to be aware of what we share, when we share it, how we share it, but also are we able to hear and being clear with the people that we are in relationship with and in conversations with about where we're at, what we need, what we have the energy and time for, and when would be the best time and all that good stuff. Um, So the conversations that you've shared on a public platform, Jordan, they're, they're all evergreen. They're really wonderful. And they're rich and filled with um, things that can help, will help, have helped people. So um, congratulations to you and looking forward to the rest of the journey. Now, Jordan, let's turn this on you. What were some of your uh, highlights of, of the last 99 episodes? <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of things. I could have talked about every single one of them and highlighted something, but there were a couple that I really do think were especially transformative for me. Number one was episode three with a guy named Tim Arnold. And he had delivered a sermon at his church when I was debating whether or not this was something that was actually going to be viable. And there were so many things that he said in that sermon that helped me that I actually emailed him and asked, can I, e- can I interview you through your sermon notes? And so the two of us sat down and we went through his points and 
really had a great conversation. This was one of the earliest shows that we did. And it was talking about this idea that seeing is loving. And what he said that was so pointed for me, this idea that if you truly see who someone is, that you can love them. And that so many times when we judge people and so many times when we have our prejudices, it's because we're not seeing the whole picture. We're not seeing who they really are. We're not seeing how God sees them. And that really helped me frame a lot of the conversation because there are many times where I might think that someone is unlovable. But the question I ask myself is, do I see the whole picture? Mm-hmm. Now, having love for someone is a challenging thing because as believers, as Christians, for those of you that are, we are called to love. But there's different degrees of love. Like if I don't love Joel in the same way that I love some person in another country whose name I've never even heard. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so there's a different application of love and sometimes there's people that are not safe. So you can't be in a regular contact relationship with them. But that doesn't mean you can't love. And the scriptures talk about how love rejoices in the truth. And that it is not seeking harm on someone. And so this whole idea that seeing is loving was a really powerful conversation for me as we were kind of getting this going. Another one, episode 11, Pastor Josh Hagman. We had a great conversation. I remember sitting in the lobby of his church recording, and that was like the worst acoustics. But a really great conversation. And as we were talking, there was a part of a word that he said that really just got me got me going. And I, I now refer to it as the power of Ng is that he was talking about his healing journey, but he didn't actually talk about being healed. And there's a lot of times where people feel like the end result is what has to happen or else, you know, God wasn't involved or that therapy didn't work or whatever. But part of the truth is that it's actually the ing at the end of the word heal that is supremely important. That there are many things that I have grown in. There's many things that have impacted me very deeply in a positive way. But I'm not complete yet. I'm not perfect. I'm not fully secure and confident. And there's still something to be learned. And so that suffix ing for me, really represented that idea that it's actually a process. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to be getting in my car and driving a couple hours after we finish this recording, and I really want to get to the destination, and I will get to the destination. But it could be hours wasted if I don't find something to bring me joy in the driving whether it's listening to a podcast or listening to music or whatever it is that we're doing, part of the process is the ing, and a lot of the richness is actually in the ing. 
The third one was episode 57 where Eric Ames, one of our creative directors, and I had this title, Trigger Warnings, Sensitivity versus Censorship, and Clear Communication. This was one of my favorites because kind of to the point of our listener earlier, we have different perspectives on life. And I've come to the point in my life where I am far less concerned about what your position is than what your posture is towards that position. And, and here's what I mean. Joel, you and I can disagree on the issue at hand. But as long as we agree to approach the issue in the right way, I am, I'm going to be more okay with, with that process, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel that as well? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think, I think it's important to, yeah, to come with that posture of, of grace and understanding so that you can have a conversation whether you agree or not. That th- there's that, I think it's important to have those conversations if you don't agree, especially if you don't agree, because then you can get the other person's perspective and it can um, hopefully just grow your understanding. Whether your, your opinion and your stance might change or not, it doesn't actually matter. It's, it's more of the like that conversation and that growth that comes from it and the understanding, but coming with that posture of love and grace and and uh, humility, being able to be like, hey, I might not actually know the answer to this, but you, you might. So I'm going to listen very intently. And by the end, we still might disagree. But the fact that we're having this conversation is the most important part. Yeah. And that our posture is right mm-hmm. towards the person. And I've committed to the best of my ability to not view the other person in the light of the position, but rather the posture that I have towards them. And I think there's a part of my character and personality that wants to be a peacemaker. And it's actually separating out. The only way that that's going to work is if you actually separate your relationship and your identity from your ideas. And there was another episode that Cynthia and I talked about that as well. But the other thing to that is we actually have to be clear misplaced words can actually really hurt but well said words even if you even if they're hard can actually be helpful in this in this culture of trigger warnings where we're constantly worried about saying the wrong thing i'm not sure that that's actually the right concern to have or the right question to have like we shouldn't be going out of our way to be insensitive and to say hurtful things. But at the same time, we shouldn't be so quick to get defensive if someone says something that we don't like, right? And so it's kind of a both and, and that's where kind of that clear communication element is really important to having a actually quality-based conversation. Thank you, Joel, for being a part of today's conversation and just for your great contribution to the team, as well as Sathia, Coach Drew, Dr. Mary, Brenda Drost, Brandon Vandendool, our music producer, Gerald and Allison Fleming from Infinitely More, Greg Sykes, all of the different people, all the guests that have been a part of this journey as we've been seeking to expand the conversation of mental health, faith, community, and the arts. It has been a whirlwind. I honestly didn't expect 
the success and the impact that we would have in the last couple years. But something that I've learned is that life works in seasons. And as I've shared with you on the program, there have been a lot of season-like changes in my life over the past 18 months. And so as I've been reflecting on life, as I've been reflecting on ministry, as I've been reflecting on the state of mental health conversation in the world, what I've decided is that we're going to press pause on the unspoken conversation. I don't know for how long, and I don't know, maybe maybe we won't come back, but maybe we will in a new and expanded format. I honestly don't know. Here's what I do know. There are tons of different resources that are available, and we're going to continue to share and support and promote some of the different resources that are available to help you, whether it's our own content, the, co- the content of our team members, and I am so excited for and proud of our team members that have actually stepped up, started their own platforms that I really hope that you will dig into and you'll get to hear more specific content. What we did on the Unspoken Conversation at this point in time was a very broad conversation. Now, a lot of the newer platforms and newer things that different members of our team have been doing are a lot more specific. And so if you want specific resources, be sure to stay in touch with us online The unspokenconversation.ca isn't going anywhere. In fact, we're going to continue promoting episodes based on things that are going on in the world and based on maybe some categories of things that could help you in a specific situation. But also on our Facebook page, we're going to continue to promote and share and support some of the great work that our partners and friends are doing. So as we conclude episode 100, And this season, I just want to say one last time, thank you so much for tuning in. All the best.